This program is sponsored by Dave Stahl. It's time to get educated on your Second Amendment rights. Welcome to two full hours of Gun Owners Radio. Your hosts, Dave Stahl, Joe Germisi, and Michael Schwartz, will teach you about firearms, self-defense, and the laws that affect your rights to keep and bear arms. Visit GunOwnersRadio.com with questions to learn how to become a sponsor of Gun Owners Radio and get involved. Together, we will win. Now here's your hosts, Dave Stahl, Joe Dramisi, and Michael Schwartz on The Answer San Diego. All right, folks. Welcome to Gun Owners Radio, FM 96.1, AM 1170. The Answer. Uvalde, Buffalo, and New York have proven again that gun laws just don't work. Criminals, by definition, do not obey the laws. So why would more laws that don't work start working? It just doesn't make any sense. Gun control laws just make it harder for law-abiding citizens to protect themselves. Instead of making it harder for bad guys to get guns, what if by making it easier for good guys to get guns? What's the best way to do that? Just join a Second Amendment activist group like San Diego County Gun Owners. SCCGO makes activism easy. Join today at SanDiegoCountyGunOwners.com. Go to San Diego County GunOwners.com and join today. Gentlemen, we got a whole panel here. Yeah, you got a full house. Should yeah. we go around the? Should we do like uh, Mickey Mouse Club? Go around the room and. Okay. I'm Annette. I'm. <laughs> I'm John. <laughs> All right. Well, why don't we start with uh, John Petrolino? Hello. How you doing, man? I'm doing great. It's great to be here with you guys. It's. Yeah. Uh, been a long time coming to get out to the left coast, so thank you for having me. Yeah, oh, is that where that accent came from? <laughs> Makes me want a sandwich. <laughs> Does that make you want to have a sandwich or a, or a hoagie? Well, okay, that's I think they're called hoagies they're called back hoagies. there, aren't they? Pizza steak. That's no, I'm actually yeah. starving. Is what the problem is. Wit or what is it? Wit whiz or wit, wit whiz without whiz? Yeah, yeah. yeah. There you go. Wit whiz, yeah. But you're from you're from New Jersey, right? I'm from New Jersey. Yep. And people know you as uh, John Petrolino, the Pen Patriot. The Pen Patriot. That's right. Oh, I like and that. congratulations on your award last night. Thank you so much, and I'm very humbled to uh, to have received it. Thank you so much for uh, for uh, bestowing it upon me. Absolutely, you won the it's the 2022 Media Figure of the Year Award. Mm-hmm. San Diego County Gun Owners at Gun Brom. Did they change that this year? Didn't that used to be like the leg lamp that you get when you do that? <laughs> no, no, no. That was uh, that was a whole different. That's a whole different dinner. But that's a major award. <laughs> yeah, that's a major award. The, the, the one you got's not as fragile. No, but it is a major award. It really is a major award. So yeah, I truly, it. truly, yeah. Uh, it's uh, it an honor to give it to you. Thank you. Thank yeah. you very much. And to your left, Charlie Cook. Or I'm sorry, just Charlie. Just Charlie. I we, want to go by one name. That's just it. One, yeah. one name. Charlie. I don't blame you. Like like uh, like Bono, like Elvis, like Kramer. There you go. There you go. Yeah, that's pretty good. Um, yeah, th- you, you definitely you never want to go by th- three names. Right, three names means you're a uh, three names you're means assassin. Yeah, yeah, you're probably spending time. You know, <laughs> right. <laughs> one name, you you might be famous. You know, three names, you're famous for all the wrong reasons. So. Exactly. Exactly. And people know Charlie from. Writing Shotgun with Charlie. Which I just did. We filmed, I filmed four shows in the last two days, which is awesome. Really? Okay, so me, Ursula, uh, Joe, Joe, and I interviewed um, Dustin, uh, Dustin Hayes from the Red, White, and Badass Brew Coffee. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. With, uh, what's his, uh, 
I'm not a big coffee guy, but there's one. It's called Whiskey Business. Whiskey Business. He said that was his bestseller. He gave me a yeah. uh, gave me a, a couple of couple of pouches of that and one of his other whiskeys. Uh, one of his other whiskeys. One of his other uh, coffees as well. I I, just, I I really wanted him. He's got some kids. I really think that he should have named his at least one of his daughters Purple. <laughs> right? But no right. one no one ever listens to me. Purple right. Haze. Purple That'd Haze. Awesome. That'd be funny. Yeah. <laughs> Cool. Are you you guys enjoying San Diego? We're having a great time. The weather is uh, the weather's the weather's awesome. Thanks for uh, getting getting us some good weather. Yeah, it's normal. Um, it's no. I, I I hear this and I'm like, I can't believe this. Like, yeah. how come everyone doesn't move here? <laughs> you know, you got about an hour. <laughs> well, they do. Everybody moves here and they get a place in Pacific Beach and they meet a girl yeah. and they have fun and then they go broke and then they move back to wherever they right. came from. Uh, that, I, I can see that. Well, <laughs> you do like me and you live out in the hills. You know, where nobody's out there except me and 14,000 other people, and we're just doing just fine. Nice, <laughs> nice. But, uh, yeah, welcome out. I mean, how long have you been out? Um, there's a funny story behind this. I got here on Thursday, mm-hmm. and uh, John and his family were supposed to be here Thursday, but they, they ended up getting uh, their flight got canceled. So I had Friday to hang out and do nothing. And, Why didn't you uh, call me? I didn't know you were in town. I didn't. I, I had no idea what to do. Like I find oh, myself got, in a new city. There's so much to do in yeah. this town. Well, I, I went down to the um, the uh, what is it? The lamp gas lamp, the, gas, the gas lamp, lamp district. Yeah, yeah. I, I hung out. I walked around down there. Walked up and down the streets. I'm like, this is pretty cool. And yeah. um, enjoyed a, an adult beverage at one of the little places. And ended up going back to the uh, back to the hotel. Did you and make it to the uh, beach? I'm not a beach guy. No, I didn't yeah. ask you if you were a beach guy. <laughs> I said, did you make it to the beach? Um, that would be a no. But our, uh, there are some awesome restaurants along the wall. I was going to say, yeah. man, you, you should have called me and Jackson. We would have taken you to some Mexican places. Nice. Showing you all the hot spots. That yeah. would that would have been cool. I, I should have thought about this. Yeah. but I was That's like, right. Guys, we're beating you up you know, I know, mercifully. Right? So when here, you go back tomorrow. Uh, so I'm heading back on uh, Wednesday. Oh, and um, we're, uh, we're, we're you want to tell them what we're doing? <laughs> oh. So uh, as soon as we're done here, I'm going to go pick up uh, Mrs. P and uh, little P over at the uh, the zoo. That's where I was this morning. And oh. then, uh, we're all going to drive to Anaheim and uh, we're going to see uh, the mouse tomorrow. Nice. I'm and, going uh, to Disneyland. Uh, going to Disneyland. So, yep, we're all going to Disneyland tomorrow. And then Charlie's got shows on Tuesday. And uh, we're going to be doing the California Adventure and then All back right. to Disneyland and then maybe Universal or something like that. Cool. So, so, so here's how the show's going to go, by the way, everybody. So we're, we're going to talk about a bunch of issues. We don't have anybody calling in this time because uh, we have such great – because we have people that usually call in here in the studio. So we're going to talk about issues. Uh, we're still going to have uh, Sam come on, and we're going we're gonna to try to stump him. And, of course, we got Action Jackson and Joe Dramisi here. Well, Joe, how'd you, did you enjoy Gun Prom? Oh, I had a great time at Gun Prom last night. Yeah, it's always fun. I always like Gun Prom. What would you like? So it's um, – again, I, I get to see people that I only see once in a while. I yeah. get to see Joe Hollywood, who I, I hardly <laughs> get to see. Um, I saw Scott Vincent again. I saw a bunch of people that I, I seem to see like once or twice a mm-hmm. year. So that's kind of the part I like. You saw Dave there. Who, which uh, which Dave? This Dave. Oh, you didn't even see me. <laughs> I did. I, I was on. I saw you up on stage. Well, that's because I just was trying to see if I could get more money for the yeah, for the show. Yeah. And I didn't. The flamethrower was interesting. You know, yeah. I, I, I can't. No, can't I talk, can't buy a ten round. You can't talk about that. Well, I can't buy a ten round Jackson magazine. Will start crying. I can't buy a ten round magazine, but I can buy a flamethrower. Yeah, I can buy a flamethrower. I so I don't know if you know this. It, 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 I'm not even joking. It, it 
comes with a California legal tip. Like the nozzle has oh, to be California legal. Gosh. Not even joking about that. I was like, you know, I, I was making jokes about, oh, is this California legal? Yes, it is. And Lee at Gunfighter Tactical was like, well, it is because we have this California legal tip, whatever. Yeah, what, what makes it California legal? Did um, so I think the regular one, the regular nozzle, um, shoots it like a stream, you know, and, and this one's more of a poof. <laughs> So like the the flame can only be like three hundred degrees or something, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's a it's a very it's a nice cool flame. So compliments to the chef. The food was great. Good. Just thought I'd throw that out there. We're we're gonna we're gonna talk all about gun problem. We're gonna talk about different issues. John Petrolino, author of what's the name of your book? Uh, Decoding firearms, which is I think I think it's the best. Uh, it's it, I described it as like a firearms training manual. Yeah, it's a easy to read guide on general general gun safety and use. So I try to take the the new gun owner or those that want to be mm-hmm. gun owners or gun users and uh, go from beginning to end on the one on one level things that you need to know to become a shootist. You know, safety rules and different operation and function of different types of firearms so it's uh, it's very heavy on on the pistol end because that's what's popular but uh covered yeah. a little bit of everything and, excellent and of course riding tracking with charlie and we're gonna have all kinds of cool perspectives and yeah so be a good show Dave. don't touch that dial folks this is gun owners radio fm 961 am 1170 the answer Welcome back. You are listening to Gun Owners Radio, FM 96.1, AM 1170. The answer. The Penn Patriot, John Petrolino, and Riding Shotgun with Charlie's Charlie Cook are in the studio. But first, if you have legal matters that involve firearms, then you need to call California firearms lawyer John Dillon. If you have questions about red flag laws, red gun registration, gun transportation, or maybe you just need to know that your guns are California compliant. Call our trusted firearms attorney, John Dillon. John Dillon specializes in California gun laws at 760-642-7150. Or you can visit his website at dillonlawgp.com. All right, so I'll tell you what. Why don't we kick it off with something that happened last week. A little, it's it's a lo- something that happened local, but uh, it's being discussed national. And, you know, they keep, you know, dredging up, uh, you know, the same proposals to try to take our guns away. The County Board of Supervisors, San Diego County Board of Supervisors, which if you don't know what the County Board of Supervisors does, uh, you're not alone. (laughs) Uh, They are, uh, think of the County Board of Supervisors, they're like the city council for the entire county. So there are five of them, there are five districts in the county, uh, equal, um, you know, population in each district, about, and uh, they make regulations that really affect the county as a whole. Um, but a lot of times they only affect the unincorporated area. So we have 18 cities. So it's really like uh, like Lakeside's unincorporated, but Santee's incorporated. So sometimes they'll pass regulations that would apply just to like Lakeside or Alpine, and not El Cajon and Santee. Mm-hmm. Anyway, here's what they voted for. And this is, of course, everybody's favorite, Nathan Fletcher. Um, he, uh, he and uh, uh, what's her name? Tara... Raymer Lawson, or something. Raymer. Lawson, Raymer. They 
here's what they're going to do. <clears throat> and this this past three to two, <clears throat> they're going to have the uh, sheriff's department look at every case where a gun is involved. You know, if they arrest somebody, take a gun off a criminal, whatever. They're going to have the county council, which th- those that's the those are the attorneys for the county. They represent the county. They're going to evaluate each case and possibly recommend a lawsuit against the manufacturer of the gun. They want to participate or possibly file a lawsuit against the manufacturer of the gun that they found on the criminal uh, for whatever reason. They'll make up some stupid angle um, that won't make any sense to anybody. But here's here's the, the twist. Um, at the very end, so Nathan Fletcher and, and uh, what's her name, Lawson Remmer, uh, they put out a press release, did a press conference, made their rounds on media, you know, did their, their ridiculous dog and pony show just about manufacturers. And then at the very end, at the very end, right before they were about to vote, he added that uh, gun shops and gun distributors are also eligible to uh, be sued. Be sued. So every gun shop out there is potentially a, um, a target for a lawsuit. Now, the whole point of this, of course, is not to keep people safe. Uh, the whole point of this is to uh, bankrupt gun shops, gun, gun distributors, and gun manufacturers and bully them out of the business of selling to civilians. What do you guys think? Well, I mean, again, that's typical. I mean, mm-hmm. that's, that's what they do. It's, uh, it's, uh, that's not surprising at all. I mean, it's been tried a bunch of times. San Jose has something similar with the, um, well, with the insurance requirements, yeah. you know, and that has nothing to do with public safety. It has nothing to do with, nothing to do with crime. It has to do with keeping people, you know, law abiding citizens right. from owning guns. I mean, John, you have the same kind of thing. Uh, you have the same kind of regime in your home state. And they do similar things. Is that right? Yep. And uh, just last week, or this week, I guess it would have been, uh, we had some stuff going through the Senate and their uh, Judiciary Committee about the same exact topic, about being able to hold hold the gun companies uh, you know, right. liable mm-hmm. for you know all their misdeeds when in reality, you know, Nobody wants to go after the elephant in the room, which is the criminal, the criminal actor, (laughs) you know, whatever. So uh, we're dealing with the same stuff in Jersey. And hopefully, um, you know, we uh, we don't get that passed. But we'll we'll see. You know, California and Jersey are kind of strange and similar bedfellows in the sense that they like to pass ridiculous laws that don't do anything for public safety. Well, and it's interesting, too. These things aren't readily challenged because like, you would apply that kind of logic to no other thing at all you know if a drunk driver plows into a family and and you know kills a bunch of people and they're driving an f-150 nobody mentions okay we should sue ford for that yeah. or that they're drunk they're not going to sue the the alcohol yeah, or company. the alcohol manufacturer yeah. who, who yeah. needs a, a ford f-150 you know <laughs> i mean geez. have an urban assault vehicle that's right <laughs> And the big problem with that is, too, when you're dealing with this kind of um, legislation, if it passes into law, then you have to have an injury claim. Then you have to have all these things to litigate. And it's and then you got a whole a, new lawyer group of coming course, up out yep. of the swamp. Yep. So it's not easy. Well, and the thing it does, too, is, you know, the state has pretty deep pockets, as does the county. So, you know, they know that a lot of people aren't going to be able to fight it necessarily, you know, unless you get organizations, you know, like I'm sure Firearms Policy Coalition, those guys will, will jump in we, here. We've already talked about it. <laughs> but, um, 
but you know, the average person's not going to be able to fight this stuff. And they know yeah. that, you know, and they, they know they can outlast most, you know, organizations and lawsuits. And even if they don't, they get to impose their thing for the years that it takes to work through the courts. And it may or may not, you know, get all the way up to the Supreme Court. If it does, okay, well, we got to have our way for 10 years. Well, so I, I, my theory on this is that, you know, uh, you know, Nathan's diabolical, but he's not unintelligent. And my theory on this whole thing is that he, uh, th- this is a PR thing. You know, they, they put it out there. They uh, get their message out there. And they, he knows he's not going to win. Well, he, we, I think that he knows most people who are rational thinking and, and kind of understand the system knows this is not going to stand up in court. There are, there's already federal law. There's already right. case law. It's not going to stand up in court. But then he gets to say, hey, I, I did something. And then when it gets struck down in court, he gets to blame the court. Well, right. you know. I they, tried. Yeah, gee, I'm trying to, you know, kids. and <laughs> So, I, I, you know, it's just a big stupid PR move. And there's no sweat off of his nose. Mm-mm. You know, it's our tax money. I don't know. What do you guys think? Do you, or, do you, or do you think he's, he's legit? Do you think he's sincere? <laughs> you must have a Nathan Fletcher back where you're from. Oh, I'm sure we do. Absolutely. The um, I think it's all the politicians in Massachusetts. <laughs> um, the uh, I just just sidetracked me, man. Um, you just you brought something up, and I was going to go someplace, and I lost my track. You, 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 didn't, you didn't stay at a Holiday Inn Express. I did last not. Night. You I, stayed at Town and Country because you went to gun prom. <laughs> <laughs> I think I stayed at the. Town so and watch country. this. Watch this. What were you just talking about before we went to him? So I the, the I think what oh, I think he knows it's a PR move. It's it's yeah. yeah it's it's total PR move. The um we we already have this thing. It's called the PLCCAA. It's the um, Protection of Lawful Commerce and Arms Act that says that uh, you cannot go you cannot sue with the manufacturer for in illegal use. Um, if the and then this is where the the anti gun wackos uh, get into the whole well you know the guns aren't regulated and blah 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 and and no they they are regulated and you you can sue a manufacturer if the gun doesn't work the way it's supposed to right so when people take a lawful product and they go out and illegally use it or use it in a crime it's not the it's not the object's fault it's the person's fault and I don't know if you guys have seen the meme uh, the, I, I saw this meme this past week and it was the um, uh, it was the the murderer from Uvalde and and uh, and a picture of Kyle Rittenhouse and on the oh, top yeah. one yeah and it says on the top one we're blaming the gun and on the bottom one with Rittenhouse we're blaming the person that's right and it's it's interesting how it's it's the same tool that these guys mm-hmm. used but and one we're going after the person the other one we're going to go after the gun because they know they can't go after the person because he's now dead and he's you know got mental issues and 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 all this other sort of stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Have you talked to Correct. Michael? Have you talked to some of the shop owners around here about that? Because I know a lot of the shop owners that I know are small business kind of people. It's not like they have big margins and they have a lot of money to play with and all that. Is this? Uh, you would think this would be pretty intimidating to a lot of the shops and ranges. We haven't had any deep conversations yet. We're just starting to roll it out. I don't think a lot of them even uh, know it yet. But uh, you're right. The, most of the shops in San Diego. I got to tell you, I've been uh, all over California looking at gun shops and ranges. And San Diego is some really great shops. Um, there's a lot of shops compared, um, and uh, but they're they're mom and pop shops. They're you know the owners behind the counter, um, and they don't have some big legal department. And you're right, they don't have you know the, the margins are slim, and they're getting slimmer, and the internet you know made made that worse. Um, so, one lawsuit could easily put a shop owner out of business. Frankly, 
and and they know that and they're hoping for that. Um, and I, I don't know how I don't know how this is all going to go, but it's so my attitude is if uh, when when the politicians find out they can't come after guns specifically they can't take them away and you know we we got the whole shall not be infringed and all that then what they do is they find other things to make it more difficult so the the price of ammo will go up or the availability of ammo will go up and you it's you can have one of these but it's got to be restricted this way and this way this way and this is just another way that they can do it and say well listen you know you the the store manufacturer or the store owner that the person bought the gun from can now be held liable so that's that's going to drive that person out of business and then they got all going to go to another store and they're going to drive that one out of business and it's it's just never going to end until since they can't come after the guns they'll come after everything else that's exactly what's going on yep yeah, and that's you know, and we'll we'll get to the because uh, we're expecting a Supreme Court ruling here shortly. We'll get to that later in the show, but it's the same kind of thing where you know they don't okay they make these rulings, but then they either don't follow the rulings and nothing happens, or you know like Charlie's saying they they add stuff onto it to make it you know effectively not following the ruling basically. Okay, you know it's like okay people can can buy firearms, but we'll just make it so expensive and so difficult to do this that. Okay, it'll discourage most people, you know, from being able to do it, or some people just won't be able to. And um, you know, it's it's unfortunate that there's not a, a good remedy or a way around that. I mean, there are some, but it's um, so there's not a it's, nothing's fast. Yeah, it's going to take. Honestly, my hope is that we get this cleared up by the time you know I kick off. You know, and I think that that will this. I think that we will our generation will have a significant impact on uh, the way the right to keep and bear arms is, you know. Yeah, but uh, how long has it been since they started trying to take our guns away? How far I, back? I, so I would say, I, I, what do you guys think? I would say, like, late 80s, but what do you guys think? I mean, it depends on which push you're talking about. Yeah, so, exactly. you know, you have yeah. 1934, and then you have 1938. Exactly. Then that you was have my 19, point. 1961, 1968. I mean, there's been pushes yeah. and pushes, and yeah. there's all kinds of stuff buried that – you know, people don't even realize and see. Um, but the big, the big one, I'd say, '68 is where the big kickoff happens. Pick yeah. that up when we come back here. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, right here on Gun Owners Radio, FM 961 AM 1170. The answer. Ah. Folks, welcome back. You are listening to Gun Owners Radio, FM 96, AM 1170. The answer. Hey, do you have jewelry that you're not wearing anymore? Well, maybe a watch that's just, you know, gathering dust. What if you went to Leo Hamill's, sold it? You could use that cash to get a gun or take a pistol class, you know, whatever. So when you sell your used jewelry watches to Leo Hamill, not only do you get the best deal, you also support a Second Amendment guy. One of the easiest ways to support the Second Amendment is to support our partners like Leo Hamill. You can call him at 619-299-1500 or you can go to his showroom on San Diego Avenue and get awesome service right there at Leo's. He was there last night at Gun Prom. Yep. So I saw a meme, guys, uh, and it was, you know, I've seen every Second Amendment meme, every saying, every you know, everyone. And I finally I saw one a couple days ago that I hadn't seen. I thought it was really unique. Um, it was uh, it said uh, 
you know, it said, uh, had God banned rocks after Cain killed Abel, it would have left David completely defenseless against Goliath. <laughs> I liked that. I seen that. That was. Great. I liked that a lot, and it it, uh, it well, the reason I bring that up is uh, so the Biden administration is. It used to be that they would sell a certain amount of uh, uh, you know they'd buy all their five five six for the for the military from uh, who, who do they buy it from? Uh, it just fell out of my. Uh, Federal. The, no, the lake. Uh, Oh no! Where's Sam when you need him? I know somebody like just like fifty-seven listeners right now that are yelling it into the radio, and I can't think of the uh, anyway. So wherever they buy it from, wherever they officially buy the uh, the ammo from, they would have surplus, and if they you know they'd sell it to the civilian market, um, and uh, they've stopped doing that. So the, the Biden administration is is stopping that, and in an obvious attempt to make you know five five six more expensive and less available, um, which which like, is like gas. Like yes, yeah, they, they're really good at making things more expensive and less available. <laughs> but uh, anyway, I wanted to, what, what, what are your thoughts on that? So in 20, uh, 2016, I had a, a guy that I was friends with on Facebook. He was doing this thing called the Ammo Challenge. And what you had to do is every week you had to buy ammo. Didn't matter how much it was. You had to buy some ammo. And then you put a picture of the ammo and a picture of the date on the receipt. And then you had the little ammo challenge, whatever it was, right? And he was doing this during, uh, from when Hillary Clinton was nominated until election day. And he's like, so if Hillary wins, you will have a stockpile of ammo <laughs> that is going to get you through. And I'm, part of me is like, maybe we need to do this again, yeah. you know? Like this, this could be something to, uh, that, that could catch on. I think a lot of people learned that lesson over the last couple oh, of years. Yeah. I, I know I certainly did. I thought I had plenty, and uh, you know, and I thought I had because I reload a lot of my, especially my nine millimeter, and you know, I thought, okay, I got ten thousand of these, I got five thousand of those, that's that's plenty. No, it's not, and uh, it's you know. it's not. I, I talked to a guy a couple weeks ago, and he's uh, he's a relatively new gun guy, um, and he's like, oh yeah, I got like two two hundred. 200, 250 rounds. I'm like, dude, that's a good start. <laughs> <laughs> that's a weekend practice. Right. Like, I don't know what you're going to do with that, but. Um, so it's, it's an impulse buy. You know? Right. <laughs> I better get a little ammo. Well, exactly. Literally. <laughs> literally the, a little ammo. Well, and the reason with that, too, it's like I read an article in Guns and Ammo where the guy was saying, you know, this happens from time to time. And he was saying that he was advocating for having about 10 years worth Yo. of ammo on hand. He said, wow. figure out what you shoot in a year. Multiply it by 10, and that's what you should have. Because, you know, when I looked at it, I thought I had plenty, and it turns out I did not. And, what you know, I got plenty of end-of-the-world ammo. What I don't have is training ammo. And when, you know, for a while the last couple of years, I mean, there were periods where you couldn't get anything at all. And uh, I know we used to go. I got some ammo uh, ammo line buddies I wrote about before. <laughs> oh, where yeah. We were standing in line for an hour outside of Big Five every Monday morning. And they'd open the door and they'd say, okay, we got some 45, we got some 38, we got one of these, one of those. And you go in, you'd buy a box or two of whatever they would sell you. And, um, you know, that's uh, that that was really shocking to me. So I think 10 years is a little bit much, but I, I think for sure I would shoot for five years worth of stuff on hand. See, I'm actually the, the opposite. You said you don't have any training ammo. You have a bunch of end-of-the-world ammo. Mm -hmm. When COVID and the riots, the, I'm sorry, the mostly peaceful protests <laughs> happened. Yes, um, I I was looking around. And I had a bunch of ammo, but it, you know, I mean, look, if, if you have, you know, uh, range stuff, you're you, you're still going to be able to defend yourself. 
but I didn't have like true self-defense, you know, hollow point, that, that kind of stuff. And I thought, well, that's kind of silly. And so from here, I made the decision. From here on out, it's all I'm buying. I'm not I'm even buying any practice ammo anymore. I'm just, when I go to the range, I'll use, you know, it's a little bit more expensive. You know, you guys are all nodding your head like, yeah, Mike, a little more. But, you know, I'm thinking to myself, uh, I'm looking at these big stacks of, uh, of practice ammo. And here we're, uh, you know, we're not sure if the world's about to end. And so I made the decision. You know? Yeah. Well, again, the practice ammo, I mean, the military <laughs> uses practice ammo, right? They're not allowed to use hollow right. points. Right. And it seems to work just fine for them. Right, right, right. But um, it's just that, you know, practicing, especially when I was, I was shooting the matches every weekend, it's like, okay, I'm, I'm going to shoot you know, two or three times a week or four times a week, I'm shooting a couple of hundred rounds each time I do that. If I can't replace that stuff and I couldn't reload because I couldn't find primers anywhere. And, you know, I had 6,000 of them or something, but I didn't want to use them up because I can't replace them. And that, and that's, you know, what I saw, you know, the suffering is the training and the practice stuff. You know, I, I had plenty around if, if everything really went to heck, but but, I mean, in terms of having enough to train with every week to, you know, stay at a certain level, that that's what... Um, that's what I noticed I did not have. Well, and the cool thing about that meme, it, it really made two points. You know, one is, you know, they were trying to take away the ammo, right? Uh, you know, the rock. They were trying to take away the ammo, which obviously the Biden administration is trying to do. Um, but the other part is, this, and this is something we don't talk about enough. I try to mention it. I really, truly made a decision a year or two ago that every time I'm, I'm talking to a reporter, I, I try to get this out there. The fact that between one and a half and two and a half million times per year, depending on how it's counted. Whose numbers you take, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's someone uses a firearm to defend themselves from a violent attack. And not necessarily shooting the firearm, just just even just pulling it out and displaying it. Yeah, right. and that's true. It's used many, many, many more times to defend life than it is to take life. And, uh, yeah, they don't say that. And we have to say that until, you know, until the every man, woman, and child in the United States knows it, you know, because that's how, you know, they take their, their false stats and crap you know and say it say it say it often enough until it, it you know people think it's actually true and that we got to keep saying it and keep saying it and keep saying it well let's say that we've had this discussion before too about you know you have the the really hardcore people that it, it doesn't matter what you say to them you're not changing that mind but there's there's a lot of people i think you know kind of middle of the road type people that just really don't know i mean they've they don't have any family members, say, that are involved with firearms. They've never done it themselves. They don't really have any friends. They don't know anybody. So everything they learn is from movies and TV and from the news, and most of it's wrong. And, um, you know, it's just I, I think a lot of those people would be open to learn. I mean, that's why uh, I think we're so successful with the shooting socials that we have. Uh, we do the uh, women on target things at the club four times a year. And, you know, we get brand new shooters. And, I mean, I've had, when I used to do the shooting socials, um, I remember having a woman that was that was almost in tears and shaking because she was so afraid of trying this gun thing out and her friends or somebody had talked her into trying it out. And she was fine afterwards. And she had a great time with it. And I think, um, you know, there's a lot of people that you can educate. They just don't, they don't know. And it's... Um, you know, it's it's hard for us to get to those people, but I mean, you're right. That's what we need to be concentrating. We, on. I, we did, did a shooting social yesterday. We had uh, eight people who'd never touched a gun before, and uh, you know, paired them up with mentors, brought them in. Uh, the more yesterday morning before gun prom, did the shooting social, and uh, it, it was there was there's one lady in there, Brittany. Um, the look on her face, you know, she was so like, you know, she, I don't know, she was very determined. She she wanted to be there. She was happy to be there. 
when we got there in the lane, you know, the look on her face was, I can't believe him. It was almost like she was, you know, about ready to touch like someone's dirty laundry or something. Right. And by the end of it, huge smile, you know, she's got, you know, fingers on fingers and she's, you know, perfect form and everything. And, uh, it's amazing. It's amazing. I love seeing that stuff. Absolutely. Yeah. It's really good when the light bulb goes off with somebody, somebody that's new mm. and, I, you know, I, I can't tell you how many times I've done this. I, I actually had a friend of mine, um, one of my anti-gun friends' wives was into taking photos. So she went and I, I had her come with me and she did some pictures, uh, some pictures for me. And and I, you know, use them for, for whatever, for little promotional stuff. But um, my buddy said to me, he's like, hey, make make sure my wife doesn't shoot any guns. I'm like, all right, I, I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to make her do it. Um, while we were there. Uh, sorry, that night at about 10.30, I get a phone call from him. He's like, dude, what'd you do to my wife? I'm like, what, Whoa. Are, you, what are you talking about? <laughs> That's a, You never want that phone call. You don't, you don't. And so he said, my wife came back and, and uh, she she said she just shot some guns. I You, I, you said you weren't going to tell you know have her shoot guns. I'm like, oh, I didn't. Someone else came by. They had a, a pink, uh, one of the pink ARs. And uh, she wanted to shoot that, and then they, he had a purple gun that she wanted to shoot. So she went and asked him if she could shoot it, and she loved it. She had a great time. <laughs> yeah. Now, it, it didn't convert her um, to want to get a license. But, yet. Yet. But, I mean, she, <laughs> she's, you know, a, a, touch more, uh, a touch more educated about it. But, you know, one of the things that we talked about, I think it was in February, was, um, and I'm big on education. Charlie's big on education. I think we all are yeah. doing the training and the advocacy work that we do. Um one of the things I'm like, yeah, you got to take a class, you got to learn, you got to do. Sometimes you have people that are just so apprehensive that maybe the best thing for that person is, hey, come with me, come to the range, stand in a line, point this in a safe direction, let's load one round and fire it. And that might be all it takes to kind of break that, um, you know, apprehension they might have. I mean, it all depends, but here's the thing. You don't want somebody sitting in a classroom or a lecture for four to eight hours waiting right. for the moment that they actually put a live firearm in their hands and then you know have most of what you've taught them not be taught to them because they're not they're not absorbing it so you know you have to do that little dance and feel out your students and stuff you know and uh yeah i just think that's an important thing to i think that's to a consider. good idea. i think that's a good idea because the intimidation of firing a gun and i'm going to say male or female because there's some guys out there that are in just as bad a shape and that fear factor. And if you have to wait 45 minutes to hear somebody to convince you that it's going to be okay, <laughs> I don't think so. Just <laughs> yeah. give me the freaking gun. Let me fire it. And, you know, and then, and I would say even more than once, cause you know, it's like, you know, having a cocktail, you sip it once. I hate that. Then I'll try it again. Oh, yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs> and it's almost like the same thing. It does. Yeah, think about yeah, it. Yeah, sure. But, so, so that takes that fear factor. Now take them back in the room and start talking. Well, you remember that that New York Times reporter that, that yes. claimed to have been traumatized after shooting. Have you guys ever had a new shooter with a bad experience? I mean, that that had the experience and was just panicked afterwards? Let's save that for after the break because that'll be a good one right here on the Gun Owners Radio, FM 961 AM 1170. The Answer. Folks, welcome back to Gun Owners Radio, FM 961 AM 1170. The answer. 
Hey, do you wish cleaning your gun was easy? Well, clean, lube, and protect your gun with Seal One. Seal One CLP Plus is a natural, non-toxic, and environmentally friendly. Clean your guns easier and faster. You'll also smell better too. Something like the wife would like the wife would appreciate. Hey, one and done with Seal One. Ask for it by name at your local gun shop or get some on their website at SealOne.com. That's Seal, the number one. Dot com. So Jason Ostell is going in uh, tomorrow. Him and his wife to take a class for uh, from Manny. Oh, good. Yeah, they're pretty excited. Good. Yeah, that's awesome. So nice next shot. time you talk to him, which I'm sure you will I'll, in the near future, yeah, I'll, I'll I'll inquire. Yeah, but he's really he's all into all the training. I told him to join San Diego County Gun Owners, and I told him to join. You know the gun range that he's going to be going to because yeah. all the benefits, yada yada yada. yada. Yeah. So. so, what was the question, Joe? You had a question before yeah. we. Oh yeah, I was just asking John and Charlie if um, you know of all the times you've taken new shooters to the range. Say, have you ever had anybody that's had an experience similar to that that New York, the uh, alleged experience that that New York Times reporter claimed to have had? No, not like that. Not even close. I had one student that I was you know working with. And when we got done with the shooting portion, I was like, listen, as far as I'm concerned, you've showed your proficiency with the firearm. You're safe. You know what you're doing as far as one-on-one level. We got you on paper. And, uh, you know, if you want to keep shooting, it's gravy, whatever you want to do. She said, no, I'm, I'm good. I got to do what I had to do. And, you know, I'll come to the range after I digest everything that we've just done. But I've never had anybody completely freak, freak out, out by yeah. the end of a class or a shooting session i've had some nervous people sure but no nothing like that no i think this guy had to go to like his safe room and stuff and uh <laughs> yeah. play-doh or something he but, had his emotional support peacock or whatever <laughs> he needed to have you know my goodness <laughs> i had a student one time she um uh she she wanted me to go shopping with her so, so we went shopping, and she didn't want a revolver um, because she thought it was too old-school technology. So um, she, she fondles all the hardware, as I call it. She went to the gun store. She had a hard time racking the slide on, on a lot of different guns. So the guy finally says, do you want to hold a revolver? She's like, I really don't. He's like, just try it. So he handed her a Ruger LC, uh, LCR, and she's like, oh, this, this is kind of comfortable. And then uh, she's like, all i got to do is push this button in and pop the cylinder open and she's like yeah that's it so she bought the gun we went shooting um and we went shooting she fired about four cylinders worth and she's like all right this kind of hurts my hand and i'm like it's not really a starter gun but um you know you gotta people have to start i think people need to start with whatever whatever they need to start with and I, i had a family member that just bought a uh just bought a gun and it, it ended up being too small for her. And, and of course, she didn't bother asking her brother uh, what he <laughs> thought of, of his opinion of anything. Um, but it's, it's, nice to see, it's nice to see them you know, taking the initiative and starting with something and saying, all right, this is, this is why we say guns are like potato chips, and you can't just have one. Like, you, you've got to start somewhere, and this is, this is going to be your, the gun that you, you bought, and you said this probably wasn't a good gun, then you're going to find something else. And then after you find something else to learn to shoot on, then you're going to find something that, uh, that maybe if you're going to get to the point where you want to carry, this is something that you want to carry. Well, we had, a, we had a shooting social not long after that article where the guy shot an AR and had PTSD or whatever. And uh, there was a, <clears throat> we, you know, it's all pistol. And then at the end, sometimes we'll bring out an AR, maybe a shotgun. I happened to bring my AR that day, 
And there was a 17-year-old girl. She was from Poland. She was like a foreign exchange student that one of the one of the students brought in. Like, hey, you know, you got to come check this out. And she was bouncing off the walls. She couldn't believe how cool this was. And, uh, you know, little 17-year-old you know, girl. And uh, so I thought, all right, let's, you know, roll camera. Let's put her on the AR, see, see what happens. And there's a video on San Diego County Gunners on our YouTube page uh, showing her shooting an AR for the very first time ever in her life, a 17-year-old girl, um, and uh, couldn't couldn't smile big enough. She loved it, loved it. She squeezed a few more off. But I, you know, we've had, and I've I run most of these shooting socials, um, or at least organize them. I should say. I don't. I'm not. I'm not an RSO even. I just kind of organize and make sure everybody is where they need to be and everything. But I've observed thousands of new shooters. Um, I, I honestly, I, I stopped. It's it's well north of, of ten thousand, or it's, I should say, it's somewhere north of ten thousand, and growing every month. Um, we've n- I don't even have people like most of them start out on nine millimeters. I've had maybe, I've had fewer than a dozen who were said, hey, you know what? I, I better use a twenty two. Better start out on a twenty two. Everybody else, nine millimeter, nine millimeter pistol. Most mm. are Glocks. You know, it's not like. Why do you suppose that is? Well, it's just I, I think what I think that this idea that everybody has to start out on a twenty two originated back when everybody was carrying a thirty eight, you know, revolver or a forty four, like nineteen eleven. Yeah, well, maybe you know, maybe you know these big you know big bangs, and so they said, I get to start on a twenty two, but a nine millimeter is very very reasonable, and I don't think that that's um, necessary advice anymore. I think that you know most new shooters can start out on a nine millimeter and be just fine. Now, if they're not, if they're particularly nervous, okay, great, put them on a twenty-two. There's no shame, whatever. But like I said, over ten thousand people and, and maybe maybe a dozen have have said, "Man, eh, better start out on a twenty-two. But uh, that's my experience, you know. And these are people of all walks of life, but they're all new shooters. That's that's cool. I uh, I try to start people on twenty twos. I I, I kind of think that the twenty two is a gateway drug, and uh, um, <laughs> there's I, nothing wrong with it. I don't mean no to, no you know. no. It's I'm I'm not saying that. When I when I hear people say they start people on nines, I'm like, wow, that's that's really cool. You know, that's that's really cool because it's yeah, there's there's one thing where you 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 take someone out and you you'll only have them shoot twenty twos, and then they go buy a nine and they're like, holy crap, you didn't tell me about this. Like right. this was a lot bigger bang. There's more <laughs> yeah. recoil. Um, when I take new people to the range, I, I have them shoot twenty twos and then um, uh, have them do a couple of magazines of nines and then do do a couple cylinders of thirty eights as well. So they get a little bit of variety and right. they get semi autos and revolvers. And well, my wife was lucky enough to win the uh, the barkeep uh, revolver. She must have stuffed every ticket I gave her into that thing. So she cannot wait. And all she did, she picked it up in her hand and moved because I had, I did the cardinal sin. You never buy your wife a car, and you never buy your wife a gun. Right. Right? Well, I've never – she's always bought her own cars, and like a dum-dum, I bought her a gun, and it's nine. You know, it's a Smith & Wesson uh, 9 mil. She can't rack it. You know, hands are too small. So she was at the gun problem last year, and you had one on display. She didn't get that one, but she got this one. Nice. So the, I saw this. The barkeep was what the the single action revolver yeah. with the the super short barrel. Yeah, that's cool. And, and she just really nice handles on there too. Yeah, yeah. weren't those weren't that's those the panel. coolest? Yeah, yeah. I mean, the people we brought, they were all going for that same. But I threw some tickets in there for that flamethrower for oh. Action Jackson. What do you think? He wanted that. Jackson, when you, when you get married, are you ever going to buy a gun for your wife, or are you going to let her buy her own gun? What do you think? I'd probably buy her a gun. See, probably do that. All right. Well. 
Well, he he knows more about guns today than I do. I know. So he he'll be in the right shape by the time he gets to that age. I think he's on the right track. Yeah, I know. Too. He's already thinking about buying his wife stuff. I think he's on the right track. But yeah, you know, <laughs> finding the I think your idea of letting them shoot three different types of weapons slash rounds is really that's the way to go. Do you do you throw a shotgun in there? Uh, no, most people just want to. Most people I work yeah. with just want to get a handgun. Gotcha. They want to get to that. I was going to say that you know even you're doing Charlie you know starting the 22. Sometimes I start on the 22. What I'll also do is bring different nine millimeters. So you have polymer frame, aluminum frame, or even uh, bring a yeah. 1911 and 45. Okay, oh it's a 45. You know, but the weight everything boils down to the weight of the firearm, and it's that. You know, principles of physics, and if you have the heavier firearm, you're going to have the less felt perceived recoil. So it's trying to get somebody comfortable. I had a, a, a veteran of the police force for 20 years, I think she was, and she's her service firearm's a Beretta 92FS. That's what she's been using forever. And I said, I brought all I brought was some Tupperware guns, and she's like, ugh. So she shot and said, nope, nope, not for me, not for me. But I kept putting them in her hand. And she's like, I can shoot this. But, you know, it's about that perceive the recoil at first and, you know, getting past that. I don't, I don't know if you would say you've seen a similar situation with students. I've, um, I had a lady that I have, uh, I'm trying to, we were talking, I was trying to think of it. Um, it's a Ruger, it, but it's not an LCP. I think it's the L. LC9? LC9, yeah, that's what it is. It's an LC9. So it's, it's small, it's thin. And uh, I had her shoot the Glock 19, and she thought it was a little too big, so she tried this other gun that's a lot smaller that, to me, has got more recoil to it, and mm. the, the, the slide is harder to rack, and she liked that one better. Hey, I mean, it's like, well, all of us in this room, you know, I bet you there's not two of us that like the same gun. I like all of them. I yeah, he likes all of them. Have you guys seen the, uh, the GSG? Um, GSG, a German sports guns, makes a, um, it's a 1911 platform, but it's in 22. And it's like a $320 gun or something. But it's been on my list for a while because I want to use it for the women on target things. And uh, somebody made me uh, believe now that I need a, a second Glock 19. So it got bumped down a, <laughs> a, a level. I know, why, do you, but, why do you need a second Glock 19? Because I decided now, you know, we were in the class. We're teaching a class. This is going to uh, be good. Yeah. Well, we were teaching a class up at uh, Escondido uh, Friday. And we're shooting at some... Um, some steels, uh, you know, that were out. The one was out about 30 yards, and it was it was painted white. It was all shot up, so it was like it was like camouflaged, and it was against you know brown grass, dried grass, and rocks, and it was hard to see for me. So you know, and it was hard to focus. And I have to have, um, you know, I've got to have my little cheater lenses on there to focus on the iron sights on my 19 on my uh, Glock 19, because if I don't have my glasses on, I can't get the front sight you know clear and in focus. So I had some trouble hitting. I mean, I hit it, but I missed it a couple of more times. And I thought, yeah, maybe it's getting time maybe to throw a, a red dot on this uh, ah. 19. So, and, you know, I was talking to Bill. Bill has two of these on his on his license because he's, he's thinking, well, if something happens to one, if one breaks, if something goes on to where I lose one, I at least have the same other gun on there, which I never really thought about. And then my, my Ruger, my GP100, quit working the other day. And um, I thought, wow, you know, I guess they can quit working once in a while. So that's a, that's so a, that's a lesson, a two-minute lesson in <laughs> rationalization, right there, is what that was. Yeah, did it sell you? <laughs> I'm sold. That's I, I only have one Glock 19. I yeah. feel like a fool. 
I know. You should go get at least three. <laughs> uh, play catch up. Yeah. Dangerously there. Those uh, are rookie numbers. Yeah, right. All right, folks. That's our first hour. Guess what? Second hour's coming up. A whole lot more right here on Gun Owners Radio. FM 96, AM Welcome back to Hour 2 of Gun Owners Radio with your hosts, Dave Stahl, Joe Germisi, and Michael Schwartz. Visit GunOwnersRadio.com with your questions and comments or to learn how to become a sponsor of the show. Time to get involved and get active. Together, we will win. Now here's Dave, Joe, and Michael on The Answer San Diego. Hi, folks. Hey, welcome back. You're listening to Gun Owners Radio, FM 96.1, AM 1170. The answer. Can you say whiplash? (laughs) (laughs) Folks, a lot of companies are so frustrated with their website. It looks old. It's out of date. And it's just not getting customers. Well, SageTree gets it. Since 2005, SageTree has been helping companies with websites that look great work great and get leads stop being frustrated by your website and get one that you're proud to share contact sage tree today to get a website that makes the phone ring getting started is super easy 866-728-9100 that's 866-728-9100 and they will fix your website today all right back with john petrolino and charlie cook since he goes shotgun riding with a lot of people that's See you guys. right you guys did a shotgun episode? We did. We Yeah, we all did. In we, your Jeep? No. We actually talked about it. I figured the Jeep would be too loud. Oh, it would not. It would be a little too loud. Charlie, why don't we why don't we talk a little bit about uh, riding shotgun with Charlie? What tell tell us about tell us what it is first. If, yeah, how did it, never come, even to, heard how of it come to be? Well, if, even if they've never if they, what's the format? People right, have so, never heard of. So, Riding Shotgun with Charlie is uh it's a YouTube show. It's a I wanted to be a podcaster, but um I, how can I not let people see this, this yeah. Adonis sure. of a face, right? Uh, um, you, when you got the tools, man. Exactly. Yeah. So I had uh, I, I started the I, I took the idea obviously from carpool karaoke. I thought that'd be kind of cool, and and I was like, well, you know, this guy's chubby and he's English, and and I'm chubby and I speak English, like I, I should be able to do this. <laughs> so I decided that he he hangs out with rock stars, and I was I was a gun instructor at the time, and I'm like, how how can I hang out with cool rock star gun folks? So I'm like, I'm going to interview gun people, and I'm going to call it Writing Shotgun. And writingshotgun.com was taken. So I'm like, I'm going to go call it Writing Shotgun with Charlie. Right? Uh, and that's, that's how the with Charlie came up. Okay. Which is actually better. I, I think so. <laughs> so uh, that's what it is. And, and I interview people in the gun community, and we talk about whatever it is that they do and uh, spotlight them. And, and, and I've discovered that it's really like the conversations we have in cars with people are a lot different than they are when people call in or mm-hmm. do a Zoom or, you know. Or uh, even sit in the studio. Or, yeah, it's it's a little different because there's a different uh, a different emotional connection that mm-hmm. you have with someone when you're when you're riding in the car with them. Yeah. And uh, so I kind of capitalized on that and the whole riding shotgun thing. And I've uh, I took some time to, to think about a logo for this. And I'm like, I want to I want a window of a 
of a truck with a shotgun in the back and I put Brain Shotgun with Charlie on it and I thought that was pretty cool. And, and I just started interviewing some local friends, some gun instructor buddies, some musicians I played in bands with. My interviewed my mentor and stuff. And I ended up um, interviewing somebody in Minneapolis who uh, was robbed at gunpoint and his story ended up in a book. Jeez. And I ended up uh, interviewing one of the guys that... that uh, wrote, co-authored the book and, and he's like the, uh, it was Mark Walters from Armed American Radio and he's like hey this is really cool I want to help out with this and a month later he's uh, or actually two days later he's like do you want to speak at the gun rights policy conference in a month down in Tampa I'm like yes I do I'd love to mm-hmm. and then that's how I got in the, the club of cool kids how many how many interviews have you done La- last uh, this past week I put out uh, episode 147 what kind of car do you drive now I drive a 2014 Dodge Charger. So what did you take people around in before? I don't want to tell you. <laughs> I think I know. Now I want to know. I think I know. Uh, I had a, a 2010 Nissan Sentra. That's what, That's right. Yeah. I, I remember that from the last time you called in. Yeah. I think I asked you. I'm the car guy. So that's why I asked you that question. Sure. Yeah, so I, I had that, and obviously, if I flew someplace, I'd get a rental car. Well, but, of course, yeah. Um, the I I retired the Nissan with three hundred three hundred nine thousand miles on sure. it. Sure, jeez. And I've had the Dodge Charger for about two and a half years. I got okay. it at the beginning of the pandemic, of course. And uh, it had eighty thousand miles, and I got about one hundred and seventy nine wow. right now. So done. Yeah. Done. You got once you start making serious money, you got to get a unique car. I would love that. I would Something love the making you money would always like a Cobra, uh, or right? A, yeah, or or even a Hummer H1, or you know, an MG, an M, or a Jeep, something, yeah, a Jeep Wrangler, a Geo Metro. No, that, that'll Geo. do it, right? <laughs> yeah, but I mean, you know, that I mean, as it grows, I mean, why not? I I think that'd be awesome. I originally, when I went with the Charger, I wanted to get, uh, I wanted to get. I wanted to take the show on the um, on the on the road, and right. so I was uh, came up with this phrase that I call "stagecoach across America." I'm taking the stagecoach across America, yeah. and my game plan was to get a big car, or to get a car and put um, have it vinyl wrapped and put logos on it. Sure, you know, and have a bunch of people pay for uh, advertising yeah. on that. And so I realized that one, my Nissan Sentra would not make it across the country, and two, I didn't have enough space for advertising, so I would drive by this Charger, and one of my friends is like, hey, I'm thinking about that, buying that Charger and vinyl wrapping it with my with my business. And I'm like, oh, no, no, I think I'm going to do that for me. <laughs> <laughs> so I bought the car, but I don't have the uh, the vinyl wrap yet. Not the vinyl wrap. Yeah. yeah. So what, doing all those interviews, what, what, what have you learned about people? I think we're mostly the same. Like we all want to, we all have different reasons on why we're gun owners and why we carry, and certainly what we carry. But people all want to be able to protect themselves, and the more uh, they want to be able to protect themselves and their family, and that's that's kind of what it all comes down to. And and I've had people that were victims of crime that got into gun ownership because they were a victim of a crime, and I get people that do it because their 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 family did it, their father did it, they went shooting or hunting with their father, and. I, I think we're all the same. I, I really think that uh, gun owners are just, you know, gun owners are good people. Like the, the gun folks are the greatest folks. Um, I've only had a couple people say that they don't want to be on the show. And I'm like, all right, that's cool. I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to push it or anything. But, like, like people in the, in, in the, in the industry? Uh, uh, one. She's, she's sort of, she's sort of an, she's a, a YouTuber and she's sort of ancillary to gun stuff. She's a little more free, freedom oriented. And she still want to be on the uh, she Can you give a real reason. Well, <laughs> so, do, or am, well, I, am I opening up a can of worms? No, it's it, so calling up <laughs> calling up a woman and being like, "Hey, my name's Charlie. You want to get in the car and drive around?" Oh yeah, it's a hard sell yeah. for a complete stranger. That's right. <laughs>
Hey, you're you're talking to a, a guy who who started throwing his own prom every year. So if that gives you any insight, it's the <laughs> how do you get a date? I start my own prom. Start I'll start my own prom. <laughs> there, take that, every girl in high school. Exactly. <laughs> I'll fix you. Oh, that just sounded pathetic. Yeah. So what? It's <laughs> all right, man. What was we're the? All yeah. Yes, we're all laughing. laughing with life. with right. Yes. Yes. What was the what was the best interview you did? Uh, I think the one that that I had the most fun with was uh, Ashley Lubinsky, who's a firearm yeah. historian. Oh, she's so God, she knows so much. It's 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 great. So we were we were in Dallas, and I went and uh, picked her up. I'm like, we're we're 15 minutes from Dealey Plaza. We're talking about you for 15 minutes. We're we're gonna drive down the center lane at 11 miles an hour. <laughs> we're we're gonna get out. We're gonna get selfies in front of the school book depository, in front of the grassy knoll, in front of the X's, and then we're gonna talk about the Kennedy assassination. Wow. And she's like, I really don't know much about the the conspiracies. I'm like, I think I know plenty for both of us. <laughs> <laughs> did you guys go up to the? To, did you go in? We did not go in. No. You, have chance. you ever been? In, inside i've never never I've, I've been down there twice so here's the it's 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 so they have uh the actual um you know window is all plexiglass plexiglassed off mm-hmm. and there's a bunch of boxes and it's kind of laid out like 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 it looked when when he when he did it but everybody supposedly. goes up supposedly yeah, yeah supposedly right. for sure but everybody goes up to the second to the floor above I think that I think they're on the I think that's the second floor. They go to the third floor. Or is it the third floor. and fourth, sixth floor, whatever. The the floor above where it is, you you can go right up to that window, so you're one floor above. And everybody I know who's a gun guy goes to that window and goes, mm, "I could make that shot." That's <laughs> <laughs> not that hard. It's, it's not that difficult. <laughs> not that, it shouldn't be. Shouldn't Which be. is so morbid, but you know, what are you gonna do? Uh, it is what it is. You know, it's kind of the same same thing when you everybody when you, when you get about five floors up, you, you got to spit, right? Oh, Just to see. Let's take a break, folks. <laughs> oh, you're listening to Gun Owners Radio, <laughs> FM ninety six one, AM eleven seventy. The answer. Hi, folks. Hey, welcome back to Gun Owners Radio, FM 961 AM 1170. The answer. Hey, folks, did you know we have a world-class training uh, school right here in San Diego? Well, yes. pilots can fly almost every day, close to the ocean, desert, mountains, and they right next to the international border and a major military base. That's why San Diego is one of the best places to learn how to fly in the world. Learn to fly uh, fly in the heat in the heart of San Diego. Don't mind me. Right out of Montgomery Field. Getting started is super easy. Give them a call eight five eight five six nine one eight two two, or you can go to fly with SDFTI, or just give them a call eight five eight five six nine one eight two two. John Petrolino, tell us about tell us about the Pen Patriot. Okay, so um, I'm John Petrolino, and I picked up this nickname called the Pen Patriot, and uh, I like really, it. I like it because because you're a writer. That's the because I'm a writer. There you and go. I'm pretty patriotic as well, so we just 
smash that together. Actually, uh, John Green, he was the he's the head of training and education at Gun Owners Action League over in Massachusetts, which is the state level NRA organization. And he gave me that nickname. And oh, cool. I, you know, I took a little screenshot of that. I sent it to Charlie. I'm like, Charlie, what do you think of this? He's like, I think it's awesome. I'm like, <laughs> all right, let's trademark it. And like, that's it. Now I'm the Penn Patriot. So there you go. Um, but I do uh, quite a bit of writing, as you know. Yeah. And uh, it's who, my who for mainly? Where where do the people see your writing? Right. So it's my side hustle. I write for Bearing Arms and for Ammo Land. Uh, primarily, and I just want to toss out a real quick thank you to both editors over there, Bearing Arms, uh, Cam Edwards, fantastic guy, uh, really helped helped me a lot, you know, and you know, giving me a voice. And same thing with Freddie Real over at Ammoland for kind of taking me in and saying, hey, yeah, we'll let you, you know, write for us. So those are the two ones that I write primarily for, and then I also do some blog entries for JM4 Tactical, which is a holster company in Texas, and. Uh, uh, Armed Lifestyle Magazine, which is a new uh, free online magazine by Swanson Media Group. Uh, Charlie also writes for Armed Lifestyle. And um, Second Press by Braden Langley. Braden Langley's a um, you know personality online, and he's kind of breaking into more news and stuff like that. So I'll do some writing for him as well. And uh, that's kind of my shtick. So how do you, your shtick? How do you, uh, it's a great shtick. How do you decide what, what to write? Like what, what, what makes that decision? Um, so obviously cur current events are important, so there's a lot of commentary. So over at Bearing Arms, do a great deal of commentary on what's going on. So same thing that you guys will be talking about, right? And then, uh, you know, I'll also grab the hard news items. So if there are things that are going on that are newsworthy, I'll, you know, go out there and do the research or, you know, find the people and the sources and try to get as much information about a story. But it's really... You're not going to take it off Twitter? <laughs> and just write the story right you know that's what I, journalists do today I, I i will say i have written a couple commentary pieces like look at this tweet that you know yeah. is going on um but usually that's because of the cause right yeah. you're just being a true journalist if you're going to go do the hard work and ask the questions right and get, and get both sides yeah of course and what you wrote a great article on the uh in fact i think you wrote a couple articles on on uh, hammerling our, our our ridiculous Republican candidate for sheriff out here that we uncovered as a as just a b buffoon, I guess I think is the official that's, political word. That's a good one. <laughs> yeah, not you know not well, only. But what, I, what were your impressions though? Uh, Hammerling, you know, I, I had heard him on on the on the show. You know, yeah. I, I listened to the interview. Um, I was like, I'm gonna hunt this guy down and try to get some more information because I love the interview. You guys did a great job, and Michael was right. Yep, yep, that's right. That's what I heard about you. That's what I heard about you. You like those red flag laws, you know, and you like to give out the red flags to people that get parking tickets, you know, and that's kind of what it's like around here, right? Um, so I said, well, let me give him a fair shake, and I'm gonna do like an email thing, like take your time, feel free mm. to think about what you want to say. And even after he was given free reign to email back, and I wrote him back, like went back and forth with the guy, like, all right, I'm going to print all of this. And the one thing that really, really made me angry about communicating with Hammerling was he's like, I don't, I'm like, I don't have anything against, you know, these, you know, the red flag, you know, when it's being done, the extreme risk protective orders, when they're being executed, you know, there's due process. There is due process. You know, the person has... 
and they're not. I think the word ex parte is listed, what did I say, 34 or 40 times right. in the statute and the explanation of the of the law. So ex parte meaning, you know, you're not there and then you find out about your seizure, you get that knock on the door and it's like, "Hey, Give me your guns. And it's like, well, what did you do? Well, you got a parking ticket, and Hammerling thinks you shouldn't have guns. Um, so I thought he was very inauthentic in trying to say he's a Second Amendment supporter. Right. Um, especially because, as you know, there are so many mechanisms right now and have been in place for decades, since the beginning of time, where if somebody's a danger, they can have their firearm seized if there's a problem. And I think mm -hmm. the other candidate for sheriff that's the favored candidate. Kelly Martinez. Kelly Martinez. And she had said, well, no, I don't have a problem. We never had a problem trying to get firearms yeah. from dangerous people if they were truly dangerous. But this is not, you know, something. And he was a Republican and she is a Democrat. Right. Yeah. And that just shows you the craziness of it And, all. you know, the thing about the Republicans here in San Diego, I, I wrote to the Republican committee here <laughs> in San Diego. I said, hey, you're supporting this candidate that supports, you know, extreme risk, risk protective orders and red flag laws. Can you answer to this? And no response whatsoever. And I wrote the two top dogs or the, the media guy. I don't know. We'd have to look up who I wrote. I don't remember. It was a couple months ago. And zero response. It's like, that's garbage. They, the reality is they know they have a, a garbage candidate. Um, just now they're so invested and, in, 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 you know, in, it'd be embarrassing and humiliating if they, ba if they backed away because we've proven just how horrible this candidate is. I mean, they know they've made a massive mistake. Yeah, and he had what? He had an endorsement of the newspaper here in town, and then, and then they, they retracted it. They retracted <laughs> What's it. That it's tell like, you? oh my God, come on, guy. Yeah, so, I, you know, I. It, but here's the thing. Nobody, nobody would have uncovered most of that stuff. Nobody would have talked about it. But for San Diego County Gunners, Gunners Radio, and 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 you, you know, writing this article, you know, and saying, "Hey, look, this is serious." Well, if I see something like that, and that's, I guess, how I'm going to pick a, a news story. If I hear something, because I take in a lot of content, you know, probably too much content. And if I hear something or I get a news tip, and that's another thing, I love getting news tips. Some, you know, random emails from people like, "Hey, take a look at this." I'll I'll dig into it. You know, I really will. And you. You can reach out to me online, you know, go to my website, thepenpatriot.com, or you could go and find me on um, Facebook at The Pen Patriot or Instagram, Jay Petrolino, III. There's a whole bunch of different ways to reach out to me. So if people have uh, news tips, and I've had, you know, some really good tips that have yielded great stories. It was the same thing, the um, the supermarket story in, um, in Ohio with the no gun signs. You know, a couple of weeks after or a week of... Uh, Ohio's uh, permitless carry law getting signed. Um, their local grocer, that's a big chain that you know services everybody up there, uh, put all these no 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 gun signs. So I you know dug into that and you know the corporate responses that I got from their low level you know uh, customer service reps were just you know packaged packaged goods. But I reached out to their media representative and their vice presidents and all those people zero responses and like i mean sometimes the story is the people not replying right. right you know it's not what's being said it's what's not being said mm -hmm. so what's uh what 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 story in the last couple of years is, is your favorite or what what stands out that you really enjoyed writing or particularly proud of 
Uh, that's a very tough one. Um, I always like writing about California. <laughs> I really do because you guys have awful things going on here all the time. You'll always that, have that's somebody content. from New Jersey saying that I too. Do. I mean, it, I do. but you'll always that's have how bad content. we are. Yeah, yeah. I I don't know if I have a favorite child. I love them all the same. You know. Yeah. I, sometimes I get an opportunity to be a little bit more creative. So I had written a piece about, and this was a training piece. We were writing about a uh, slam fire with a shotgun and charlie and i were actually riding shotgun in a, a golf cart and uh it was <laughs> tally, ho. tally ho that's right <laughs> and uh it was a couple of guys from cnjfo over in jersey and we were doing a shoot and one of the guys had a had a slam fire with his double barreled shotgun closed it and it went off he had a malfunction oh, that was an unintentional slam fire yeah it was like <laughs> so he just he's loading the firearm he closed the action in it it went off, so that you know took the gun out of commission. But to me, there was a story there to be told, and it was more than just the slam fires. Like, we're here, we're doing this, we're living it, breathing it, and uh, you know, I like to write that kind of stuff too. Nice. And but and this isn't your <clears throat> excuse me, this isn't your career. No, it's my you side said you're hustle. Your, high, your side hustle. Do you yeah, mind, do, do you mind talking about your career? No, you know, I, I he work, makes hoagies. I make hoagies, <laughs> hoagies and grinders. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I'm a merchant seaman, so I work on a ship. So I'll go away and I'll come back. And I think that's awesome. Do, I, do the engineering yeah. thing. So. We've even had a couple of interviews where you're a couple of phone calls where you're calling from the from the boat, right? It might have happened. You know, yeah. I'm not going <laughs> to confirm or deny that. Oh, okay, well, never mind. Know, uh, maybe, maybe I have. Maybe yeah. I haven't. Have you been uh, to Kodiak Island yet? Uh, no, no, I haven't. I just came back. <laughs> well, he's on the East Coast. Oh, that's right. That'd be a long drive. Yeah. It, it is a long drive. There's a canal he'd have to go through. <laughs> yeah, maybe. True. It was not I've, been, I've been through it four times, oh. believe it or not. Yeah. Hey, there you go. Yeah. How big a ship? Uh, the one I'm on now is about 500 feet. Okay. So, yeah. so did you have to go through Piney Point to learn all that? No, or? I went to Massachusetts Maritime Academy, and that's actually ah. where I, I met my wife my first week of college. So, wow. Yeah, so Mrs. P and I met there and stayed friends, and you know, but it was at Mass Maritime in, uh, on the Cape Cod. Because yep. yeah. I'm wondering why you might be the problem here. Because uh, <laughs> I I get uh -oh. these uh, I get these things from the maritime job something or other sending me maritime jobs. <laughs> I, I get these emails like a couple of times a week. And why I'm thinking, is it his where? fault? Well, I'm thinking, You're where, getting those too? Where I mean, is this coming from? <laughs> <laughs> I, what did I sign up I didn't, for? That I didn't I sell those? your email address, Joe. Yeah. I, <laughs> you're the only one I, I know in that industry I did not, now. I did, not show, I did not sell your email address. That's Mike, so are you funny. getting those emails? I, you're not. No. Uh, <laughs> no, not me. I didn't serve on a sub or a ship, though. I right. ate a sub. <laughs> I was yeah, that's about all I've ever that's, done with that's a sub. That's all I know about a sub. I ate a sub for sure. So, what do you? What's your biggest fear? Uh, you know, what, what's the worst thing that's about to happen to, to gun rights? You got one minute. Uh, the biggest thing, the biggest fear that's going to happen to yeah. gun rights, they're just going to flip the light switch and say it's game over, and just like that. That's that's what my biggest fear is, where it's a complete disregard of law and order, and they come and do exactly what what was it Feinstein wanted to do? Hand them yeah. all in. Yeah. That's my biggest fear. Do I think it's going to happen? I don't think so, but you know, don't don't uh I I'd be worried if you see the blue helmets. The thing is, I, I think yeah, I think is do I is it going to happen? Uh it's probably not going to happen, but thanks to people like our members and and folks in this room. Could it happen? Absolutely. But it won't because we keep fighting back. All right, folks, we're going to take a quick break. This is Gun Owners Radio FM 96.1. AM 1170. The answer. 
All right, folks. Welcome back to Gun Owners Radio, FM 96.1, AM 1170. The answer. The RMI Mortgage, slash Alpine. Hey, if you're looking to buy or refi, or if you're just considering a reverse mortgage, call our local mortgage guy that you can trust. Call Chris Wiley at PRMI Mortgage. For nearly 25 years, Chris has been helping local San Diegans with all their mortgage needs. They make it easy to work with a friendly expert team that will help you get the best deal on a mortgage. Give them a call, 619-722-1303, or just go to Chris's website, primeres.com slash alpine. All right, we're talking to two, two of my favorite gentlemen. Charlie from uh, Riding Shotgun with Charlie and John Petrolino, the Penn Patriot. You guys flew all the way out here, spent a few days with us, just to go to gun prom. Just to go to gun prom. Yeah. John's, uh, John called me in, in January, and uh, puts his wife on the phone, and she's like, the only Second Amendment event John can go to this year is gun prom. Do you want to come with us? Yeah. And I'm like, uh... Yes, sure. let's, let's figure out how we can make this happen. Did you guys see that uh, Action Jackson here put an invite out to uh, Lena Micklick? Really? And she responded. She was like, oh, my God, that sounds cool. What did she say? Do you remember what she said, Jackson? She's washing her hair. <laughs> <laughs> no, but next year she would come. The only reason she said no this year because she was going bear hunting. She's going bear hunting. I'm pretty sure that's the only time that excuse has ever been used. You know what I mean? Like it's usually washing my hair. Again, you know, but I'm going bear hunting is is pretty unique. So I'm, I'm per, I know she was telling the truth then. And next year will be her first prom. That's true. That's true. We're, we'll get the date out there so that you can get it to her. Make sure that she doesn't plan any bear hunts. So that never happened to you, Michael, in high school? They say, oh, I can't go with you to prom, Mike. I'm going bear hunting. I got a bear hunt. Yeah. That's just none of that, huh? <laughs> none of that. They did everything else. Everything else. Yeah, they weren't. Uh, a, lot they of, a lot of girls got their hairs washed. Up. <laughs> <laughs> My high school had the cleanest hair. It was amazing. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, me too. So what, John, when you walked? <laughs> uh, who's laughing now, ladies? <laughs> they still are. Yeah, right? I know. <laughs> Um, so when you walked into gun prom, what was your impression, John? I thought it was great. I walked in. I'm like, oh my God, hashtag, these are my people. And then <laughs> yeah. what did I see? Behold, there's Michael. The first person that laid eyes on me was go. Michael. There and you go. Like, you're like, go hang out with the people that you know. And Charlie and are like, uh, all right, you're here. So that's you. Uh, <laughs> and eventually we ran into Joe and, uh, Jackson and, uh, Gina, Gina, Gina was probably the second person we ran into. Gina, we were able to do like a six-person selfie with Gina's arms because Gina has that reach. Big so, arm. Um, I haven't seen Gina since it was probably last March. Was it in Florida? Florida carry. Um, so that was a good time. Um, and then Charlie was talking about the events. So turns out I am going to be able to make it to GRPC this year. So uh, you should come out to that. In Monday. Arizona. It's no, uh, it's in da- Dallas, right? Uh, G- uh, GRPC is in Dallas this year. Oh, it's in Dallas. Okay. Yeah, it's at the very. Oh my gosh, I'm gonna mess the dates up, but I think it's uh, sep- it's the very end of September, first weekend of October. Okay. I think it's like September 30 to uh, August 2nd. All right. So, Jackson, um, what do you say, man? Road trip? We'll grab some uh, some red Fantas and go on a road trip. Yep. I like it. Maybe. Let's see. Yeah. I, 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 did you guys go last year? Uh, I've been. I've or been. Was it two years? Did they skip a year because of COVID? Or? They did it virtually in mm. 2021, and 
2020 and 2021. They did it virtually those two years. Um, I've been uh, I've been going and speaking at it since 2016. And one of the the other things that we have is we have this thing called AMCON. It's the Alternative Multimedia Conference, which which might be good for you guys to come check out. It is uh, writers, podcasters, YouTubers, anyone that's putting out some sort of media that's not uh, not the mainstream folks. Right. So where is that? Uh, that's going to be in the same place. It's going to be the day before Dallas. GRPC. Yeah, it's going to be in Dallas on Friday, and then Saturday, Sunday is going to be GRPC. That could be a good road trip, it's like uh, Vacaville, but longer. Yeah, you want to go? I'll go. Okay, yeah. let me. We'll look at our. We'll look at the calendar. See All what's right. what. Cool. Uh, I will say this: um, you sign up at saf.org at the Second Amendment Foundation website, and uh, registration is free. You just have to be a Second Amendment member, a member of the Second Amendment Foundation. Which I'm pretty, which I'm pretty you, sure. If I'm not, I need to be. Yeah, you should be, and um, it's it's free. You you you. Uh, they provide you a couple of meals. Yeah. They um, you you obviously pay for your own hotel and your own travel, but uh, they give you a couple of meals. They they have coffee all day long, and uh, it's it's great stuff. It really is the the movers and shakers in the gun community. And yeah. when when people say they go to these events and it's like a family reunion, I always thought that was kind of strange. Um. But the second one I went to is when I really realized what it is, because you see, you meet these people, you see them online, you listen to them, you watch their videos, and then, you, you know, you, you start to interact with them, and then you see them a year later, you're like, oh my God, I haven't seen you since last year. It's great to catch up, it's great yeah. to see you in person, and, you know, you know, you get a camera full of selfies with everybody, so. There you go. It's a, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. Now, did you, something that occurred to me today, this wasn't really planned, we didn't really, I didn't, we didn't try to do this, this wasn't some kind of you know, ham-handed attempt, but we had a lot of speakers uh, at gun prom, you know, short, short, you know, couple mm-hmm. minutes here and there. Um, but uh, me and Adam Kraut were the only guys. <laughs> Did you guys notice that? Uh, uh, <laughs> the MC was a woman, uh, right. Pledge of Allegiance woman. Uh, the, the lady, that, yeah, woman, um, Wendy for Not Me. Um, we had Amy Reichart. We had uh, Laura, uh, um, Laura Lothian, uh, Desi. I we I did just thought about that today, but I don't know. You guys have been to way more Second Amendment events than I have. Are they usually female dominated like that? <laughs> well, <laughs> Not at all. Not at all. <laughs> I think was it the, the the first one I went to. The first Second Amendment event that I went to was the Florida Carry event, and the second one was a DC Project event. So the DC Project event that's tough because. Of course, there was a lot of women. It was the DC oh, yeah. project. <laughs> the, all, actually, all the speakers except for Dick Heller were female. Yeah, you know, so that was uh, that was a good time in Jersey last. It was May, right? Last May. So um, I'm still kind of just getting out there. Yeah. All right. I was proud of that. In hindsight, didn't even notice it. But what else? What What are some other impressions? You like the guns? Did you like the uh, the raffle prizes? Did you did you shoot the simulator? I didn't really care for the raffle prizes because I didn't win any of them, Michael. <laughs> um, <laughs> I put my tickets in and I didn't get a phone call. And at the end yeah. of the night, I'm like, I'm like, Michael, wait, did they pull the tickets? You're like, yeah, you know, you know, what else do you want from us? I'm like, yeah, I don't win. <laughs> I didn't win anything. I put my tickets in the bucket. I didn't flew say all that, that way. I didn't all say that. that. Yeah, you didn't say that. But uh. I. You, so we were. This is the. the you know, we're, we were. We, we, it was like forty guns. It was like thirty-eight, no, thirty-seven, cool. something like that. But we every year. You, so we're thinking like, gosh, if we read off numbers one by one, people are be sitting there for an hour. Oh my god! Just listening to oh, numbers. Yeah. Like awful. we got it. We got to do something else. So we tried just doing it all at once, and then you know, last. Uh, you know. Uh, 
last night, and I think we're, we got close. We're gonna, we're gonna, it's gonna be even better next year. I promise. I thought it was good. I've been to a lot of different gift auctions and stuff like that, so I thought it actually went very smooth. And the way everything's registered, it, it was very seamless. So, well, good. I mean, uh, hat tip to you guys in that department. You'd recommend sure. it to your friends? I would. I did. I recommended it to Charlie, and when we showed up, <laughs> <laughs> did you guys get a picture together? <laughs> a couple. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's cool. Uh, so, Charlie, what, what, what's your biggest fear in Second Amendment? What are you afraid of most? So, I think my biggest fear is um, people talk about having uh, a national carry permit, and I don't see the I don't see using the uh, Red Dawn analogy here. I don't see the free states um, or free America bending, and I don't see. Uh, occupied territory wanting to give anything up so it's it's going to be a mexican standoff i think um and when people i've had a lot of people teaching classes they're like well you know i, I said your your mass license will work in this state but it doesn't work in this state and i do the utah class and they're like well how, how, how do we get out of our state how do we get out of the northeast um and they uh they say wouldn't it be nice if we had a national permit and i'm like no, it wouldn't be. <laughs> and let me tell you why. Because what the government gives us, the government can take away. Yeah. And and I'm kind of coming around to, you know, we talk about the language like you were you were talking about that we need to to say that, you know, one and a half to two million people use a gun to t- protect themselves. Um, we all talk about constitutional carry. And then John and I have this argument, not an argument, we have a discussion. Um, and we have it with some other friends, too, about uh, how co- uh, constitutional carry is really permitless carry. And then permitless carry, uh, I interviewed, um, I haven't put the show out yet, but I've interviewed Evan Knappen, who's a big Second Amendment attorney in New Jersey and in New Hampshire. And I, I interviewed him up in New Hampshire. And he said, uh, he says, I don't like calling it a permit. I like calling it a license because permit means you have to ask for permission. Mm. So if there's a national, uh, if there's a national permit and the government can now come out and say, this is what the standards are, uh, you have to, you, like you guys have here, you have to have these guns or these are the guns you qualify on. And these are the only guns you can carry. And to me, that seems completely nuts. So having, uh, you know, if you, if you. So, so your, your fear is a national uh, license. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I think, you think so. It'll make, it'll make things worse. It'll, it will make things worse because now the government's going to say, this is the standard you have to have. This is the class you have to take. You guys talk about it all the time about the, the two people, um, about the psychological evaluation. There's yeah. only two people that you have to go see. Yeah. So now the government's saying, these are the only two people that can do this right. or whatever. These are the only people yeah. you can go see and they're the ones that you have to pay 150 bucks for and, and then it's going to cost people out of, uh, it, it's going to price people out of being able to have a, a constitutional right. Yeah. Well, I I don't know. I think that Joe and I talked about this a little bit. I think it was on the ride to and from Vacaville. Um, it feels like constitutional carry is taking over. I mean, what are we up to? Twenty five states now. Twenty five now. Yeah, with Georgia, I think was the last one. So half the states in the union, you I, just you just carry a gun like you're free. I mean, I do a lot of research on this stuff, and mm-hmm. you know, we talk about it, and there already is a national permit. It starts with a well-regulated militia. I mean, that's the national permit. So why are we joking ourselves, right? And that's where we get into the constitutional carry debate, right? So what is constitutional carry? And uh, I think you can probably speak for Paul. Right. So uh, Paul Lathrop is the the deputy media, uh, deputy director of the social media, uh, 
new media. Uh, he says constitutional carry is I can carry a Glock 18 with a 33-round stick mag into a school while I'm uh, – maybe he doesn't say while I'm drunk, but uh, I, I can do – While I'm drunk. <laughs> I, right. I can do I – can, I can go into a place with a machine gun that I own with a high-cap magazine and go into a, a gun-free zone and uh, and carry in there. And he says it's that's constitutional carry. So so John's John's like, hey, constitutional carry, we need to call it permitless carry. So I – and. Um, you don't have to have a permit to carry, but there's still restrictions and regulations. You can't go here, you can't go there, and, and, and all that sort of stuff. So it's it's kind of interesting. And then uh, John's got a, I know we don't have time for it, but John's got a great story about one of his uh, one of his people. Yeah, we don't have we'll, time for it. We'll, we'll kick it off on the next, uh, <laughs> what, what we'll do is what, we'll t- tell the story. Well, we got a minute and a half. We'll, How much we'll, time do you need? We'll, yeah, so it was just going to have a former student say, hey, you know, why do you use the word permit this carry? You know, Kim Edwards says constitutional carry. This guy says constitutional carry. I gave the guy a full explanation. Why do I use permitless carry? Because there's still regulations you got to follow. And he's like, I'm just going to call it constitutional carry. I'm like, all right, whatever. Yeah. Do, do what you want to do. Do what you want to do. Yeah, and that's it. You know, that's not my that's not my champagne. I'm not going to make a big deal about this. <laughs> exactly. It's sparkling wine. All right, Gun Owners Radio, FM 9670. The Answer. All right, folks. Welcome back to Gun Owners Radio. FM 961 AM 1170. The answer. Well, we live in a time where the mainstream media and politicians are trying to eliminate your ability to defend yourself. Gun control laws just don't work. And if laws against murder don't stop a criminal, is a background check really going to stop them? Making good people helpless doesn't make bad people harmless. Help us restore and defend the Second Amendment. Hit the like and subscribe button. And share the show with as many friends as you can. Making, what is it? Making people helpless doesn't make bad people harmless? Correct. That's making, awesome. Making good people helpless. You, making you, good people helpless doesn't make bad people harmless. So we need a t-shirt. Yeah, I, I think that's great. I wonder where he got that. Oh. that, that is, is that Rich? Who wrote yeah, that? That must be Rich that wrote yeah, that. Yeah, that's the second time. The other thing I like that Rich says is uh, he doesn't call it gun restrictions or uh, he calls it victim disarmament. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah, he's yeah. like, he, he, he said that we should oppose victim disarmament laws. That's Rich Ewell. If you're out there, buddy. Where is he? He's, Mexico, I think. Isn't he's uh, thinking deep thoughts and coming up with phrases. Very good. <laughs> no, I don't know. I don't know where he is. He was at gun problem last night. All right, it's time for everybody's favorite segment, Stump, My Nephew. Um, This is the segment where if you have a question and you send it to us, uh, if we use it on the air, we'll send you a shirt or hat. And if we stump, or if you stump my nephew, um, we'll give you something uh, real real special. And I just realized, I don't know if we have anything real special today, so hopefully it gets stumped. We'll figure it out. We were giving away gun prom tickets, but... uh, We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. Is it, where's he from? Who's the? Is he from? Is he from San Diego? Huntington Beach. All right, we'll figure it out. We'll get you some training. We'll get you something really, really cool. I promise. If you if you stump my nephew, Sam, how you doing, bud? All right. How are you guys? Good, man. Um, all right. So we have a special guest asker, uh, John Petrolino. Nice to meet you, sir. 
and the reason he's going to ask, he's he's the asker, is because he's he's earned this, and he's earned it because I don't think we realize this till today. But he has how many how many times you've been stumped, like five or six or something. Um, a few, but I, I don't keep track of my record, so I couldn't tell you for sure. Very few. Over the last four or five years, you've been stumped very few times. But John just pointed out that he stumped you twice. Same guy stumped you twice. That's okay, the, well, yeah. we'll, see if, uh, we'll see if you can go three for three. But this isn't your question, is it, John? This is not my question, Sam. But, so he, but, I, he, but he earned the right to ask I, it. I, yeah, I, I appreciate the time. <laughs> I, I love the segment, Sam. So I'll come up with something maybe in a couple weeks. But this question uh, this week comes from Manny from Huntington Beach. You ready, Sam? Let's have it. Okay. What incredibly popular firearm did Ruger pass on? Manny from Huntington Beach. That's right. Thanks for writing in. Um, what incredibly popular firearm did Ruger pass on? Like, like decide to not take, like pass on. Decide to not, uh, not produce. Yeah. You know, Ruger has been around since 1949, so I'm sure there are a few that they've passed on. I'm not sure of the answer to this specific question, but let me do what I normally do in this position and sort of free associate a little bit and, and see if I hit on the answer. Um, I can tell you that Bill Ruger was what we would call a FUD. He was very opposed to um, modern firearms, I guess you could say, and magazines holding over 10 rounds. I know they poached Jim Sullivan from Armalite after they shut down, and he designed the M77 and Mini-14, which Bill Ruger was hoping would get military contracts instead of the uh, AR-15, which of course didn't happen. So it might be something related to that. I'm not sure. Or it could be something completely off the wall. I don't know. Throw a a firearm out there. Throw a firearm out there. Um, A popular one, a very popular one. Okay, uh, I don't know. Exclusive import rights for Glock or something? No, Along the lines that, that you were just thinking. I know. Is that, is that your final answer? Um, SIG? Yeah. I know Smith & Wesson imported for SIG, so right. Ruger could have I think I think them. he stumped you. Go ahead, John. Read the read. <laughs> <laughs> Sam, I'm uh, sad to... Uh, I'm going to read it verbatim, because Rich did this right. We're going to do it. Uh, the inventor of the AR-15... Eugene Stoner, while working as the chief engineer at Armalite, purportedly offered the rights to manufacture the AR-15 to Ruger. Apparently, Ruger was not interested. However, Colt was. The rest is, as they all say, history. That's interesting. All right. He stomped you. We owe Manny. We owe you a special something. We'll get a hold of you and figure out. Maybe we'll get you some training or, or something cool. Um, if you're listening, uh, email us and let us know what, what you're thinking, and we'll see if we can make it happen. Uh, but we got to come up with some kind of special, uh, some kind of special gift. So, why was he a, a fud? Tell me a little bit more about that. Why do you? How do you know that? Or what? Tell me just a little bit more about that, Sam. Uh, I don't know what motivated his particular attitudes, but um, I know he, the the man himself, took a very active role in deciding what the company would and wouldn't produce. And as I said. They poached Jim Sullivan, who worked on the AR-15 project, um, and he worked at Ruger as a uh, designing firearms for a number of years, 
including the Mini 14. And um, there, there are pretty, pretty good records out there. It's well known that um, Ruger hoped to market, Ruger the man hoped to market through his company the Mini 14 as a replacement for uh, the M14 rifle because he thought the military, uh, especially the, the army, which was very conventional, very conservative, would prefer something with the same mechanics or similar mechanics in the same manual of arms to the M1 and the M14 instead of this this, this fancy schmancy newfangled plastic thing. And and, and and John, you and Charlie, you guys kind of laughed when he said that he was he was a fud. Is that would is there a backstory there? Do you do you also did y'all did you know he had that reputation? Uh, I did not know this about Ruger. I I was I wanted to chime in and say that we were all pulling for Sam. And as soon as he started to say that, talk about the AR and, and, <laughs> and you know, yeah, he's he's a bit of a fud. And we're like, oh my god, he, he was totally there. nailed it. I thought it was going around the weeds. I thought it was going around the back like he normally does. He normally does. And yeah. He, uh, Nothing, and I was like, and he's like, uh, I'm gonna go with the, uh, like, really? Like, he's just right around the whole thing, like, right around the. I, it's good that he misses it. I'm like that uncle that, like, you know, oh, college boy, think you're smarter than uh, your your uncle, do you? You know, so every once in a while, when he, you like to give it to him. Yeah, you gotta, you know. What I mean? And by the way, <laughs> we started that with Sam, and then Uncle Mikey decided that that was not the direction to go. <laughs> wait, wait, which Thinking one? that you were smarter than he was. Yeah, no, no. He's, he's that like, lasted what two questions? He, he's he's like uh, Sam's seriously like the third smartest person I know, yeah. next to my dad and his dad. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so he comes by it honestly. All right, cool. Do you have well, a good Father's Day? Yeah, I mean, I, I my father is the one who really matters in this case. So I I'm sure he did, but uh, yeah, it was all right. Did you do anything special? Did you take him shooting or anything? Um, no, I was at work today, but um, we, we had a nice dinner as a family. Um, I gave him some Black Rifle coffee as a gift. Oh, nice. Nice. Matt Best was just in town. Did you guys go to that on Friday? Do you know that? No. F- I don't know anything about it. Yeah, FPC had a, a fundraiser. FPC, we are, we are absolutely going to coordinate much better. Yeah, you need to. FPC had a major fundraiser Friday night. Uh, and then we had ours Saturday night, and somewhere along the way, we were like both inviting each other to the same thing, you know. And we we're both like, "Wait a minute!" Oh, anyway, Matt Best was there, and some other folks. I, I was talking with Ursula Williams today, and she was saying that you need to have a um, a homecoming week, <laughs> and and do events all the time. And um, she mentioned to Rich while we were uh, eating that uh, you should have a king and queen of the prom as well. Did she, I, we talked about that. In fact, you, you you were there during the conversation last night. We were talking. Oh. I don't know. If, I don't know if you remember. I, I may not. Your <laughs> high school girlfriend may not will have be been forever envious. Yes, but we were. We were talking about. We we're trying to figure out the logistics. We don't know if like the people at gun prom should vote, nominate like 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 regular proms, or I don't know. We're, we're trying yeah, to figure we, it out. You got to watch that. That's not as straightforward as it used to be. <laughs> Somebody could uh, you know bring in some some uh, mail in voting or something. Yeah, right? you got to be careful. <laughs> Maybe it should just be uh you know prom person <laughs> prom prom person in person it's it's still california yeah. that would probably won't fly either <clears throat> well. how about this how about this i have an idea all right well call it second amendment week and coordinate all your events around that have something every day um second do two rounds of voting first people nominate and then select uh, sort of down select to the the most popular candidates who have done important things, movers and shakers in the 
the San Diego area in the 2A community over the past year. Mm. And then during 2A week, all the people who have tickets for gun prom get to vote. Mm. Down selected candidates, maybe six or so. He's a pretty smart guy. He is, right? What are you done with college, man? Just move out here. And work for Mike. Yeah, just crunch numbers. I'm I'm majoring in international affairs, which is adjacent to political science, so I would be remiss if I didn't have at least some knowledge of electoral systems. (laughs) (laughs) Jeez Louise. Isn't it time for your bedtime? (laughs) Awesome job, Sam, as always. Thanks for having me on. Fun question. Um, I guess Ruger finally came around because now they manufacture some some pretty all right AR-15s, though their quality control sometimes leaves a bit to be desired. But um, interesting, interesting question. Cool. All right, buddy. Always, always a joy. Thanks. Good night. Good night, now. Well, that takes care of our Ruger sponsorship. Uh, we're going to sign tomorrow. <laughs> he, you know, he answered that question like last week about the, the dum-dum ammo yeah. or whatever. Yeah. I was talking to my old man. He goes, yeah, I thought everybody knew that. I'm like, oh, geez. <laughs> no, not really, everybody knows. Did he really yeah, think yeah. that? So, well, I thought everybody knew that. Oh, my By the way, you guys have never met my dad. That was actually a really good impression of my dad. That sounded exactly was that a good right. one? Yeah. Oh, I thought everybody knew that. All right, folks. Hey, subscribe to our show and give us a five-star review. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, YouTube, and Spotify. Do us a favor. Stop by our sponsors and thank them. San Diego County, Orange County, Inland Empire Gun Owners, the Dillon Law Group, PRMI Mortgage, Sage Tree Digital Marketing, Seal One, Leo Hamill's Fine Jewelry, and San Diego Flight Training International. And a big shout-out to Joe Jermisi, Michael Schwartz, Sam the Gunman, Action Jackson, and Brandon Thomas, and our special guests in the house. Let's go riding with Charlie. Riding shotgun with Charlie. And the Italian. (laughs) The Italian. John Petrolino, the Penn Patriot, and riding shotgun with Charlie. (laughs) This program is sponsored by Dave Stahl.